Hi, spots and cheap pops. Ladies and gentlemen, it is episode 100. And today we talk AEW and New Japan Forbidden Door is going to be blasted wide open as AEW is in the process of crowning a new interim champion and New Japan Pro Wrestling has a new world champion as Jay White takes out Kazuchika Okada over the weekend. We get into that and also WWE's contingent plan now that Cody Rhodes and really the only solid part of their programming the last several weeks will be out for nine months. That and Kyle O'Reilly in the main event. Wow. We get into that and so much more. This is Silicon Steve Valley. On the other side, we got Vladi Daddy. And we are celebrating episode one zero zero hundred videos we have done. Vladi Daddy, it's a celebration, bitches. How are you doing this it's fine a- Sunday evening? I'm doing great. <clears throat> it's an absolute party, man. This is great, great uh, milestone to hit with you. Congratulations to you, my friend, my brother, me, Hermano. partner. Partner, partner, heterosexual life partner. Oh, yeah, that's it. (laughs) So this is great to be here with you tonight. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. Great rundown right there by you and uh, any and everybody that's ever checked in with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, we want to thank you guys. We cannot continue to do it without you guys. Give us some inspiration and it's very good. And we're going to have a couple of special guests popping on. We had a couple of voicemails left. Stick around to the end of that and check out later on in the week. We're going to have a nice show highlighting some of the more funnier and uh, exciting moments of high spots and cheap pops over the last year and a half where we have put together 100 videos for you. But we go right into AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and John Moxley, to no one's surprise, he reigned supreme over Kyle O'Reilly in the main event in a battle royal that had a lot of people scratching their head for a lot of reasons. As if you did not know, John Moxley was scheduled to face the winner of the battle royal that led off the show on Dynamite, Kyle O'Reilly, who's been getting some kind of weird singles push lately, and he wins. And let's get into the battle royal, and then we'll get into, because obviously John Moxley beat him. I don't think anyone thought O'Reilly was winning that match. That was the one thing. It's like, come on. You know, he had no chance. But you're Dalati Dotty. You had a lot to say and a lot to think about this battle royal what are some things that stuck out to you a lot of people had problem with the lack of star power and some of the booking body daddy your floor is yours my brother yeah hey thank you thank you for that uh some of the issues i had with this um where it was okay this is all hinging off the cm punk injury of course <clears throat> excuse me and um so they had to do like an audible here and uh they name an uh, interim champ or, or, you know, basically saying, hey, Moxley versus the winner of this battle royale. So you're thinking with this battle royale that they're going to have some of the top talent involved in this in some way, looking to strive for this match for, you know, uh, for Moxley, which would have been pretty cool, depending on, you know, who was in this damn thing. And as we get in there, you and I in pre-production were talking, we were like really surprised and how like uh, mid a lot of this talent was, especially when you're going for the world title. Uh, Wardlow discussed not being involved in it. Um, like um, somebody else referenced not being with a, it was a hangman, I believe, right? Mentioned it, right? Not being involved. So so they sort of removed them from this equation, kind of weird. But like, uh, where was Jericho, for instance? Like, why wouldn't he want to be going for this? Uh, you know, a couple other names. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Could have been, yeah, Eddie Kingston. Yeah, you know, like. So, but that was the oh, thing. Kingston like, was in it. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he was eliminated somewhat on the earlier side, right? Yeah, he got like, into it with Hager and Daniel Garcia when he eliminated Garcia Hager. So they just continued that feud. That was actually not too bad, that portion of it. And it set up a listen, match later on in the night. Yeah, like to me, it would have been probably most beneficial for like Tony Khan, AEW ratings. To have Kingston win the thing and fight his best friend or whatever Moxley is to him, like they are good type buddies, like this has been mentioned in recent weeks, even going for the title. You, every friend would understand that this is like, like this is Eddie Kingston's dream. That crowd would have been so pro Kingston, it would have been crazy. I think um, they don't want that right now. That's the thing. But you know, again, 
it would have been great television and hey moxley beat him sorry it's not like he's turning heel or anything it just it's the way it broke down you know it's the way they have it booked that's the thing i think sometimes with kingston right here i I think tony's big thing is he didn't want anybody significant taking the loss to moxley in that main event he didn't want to put miro in that position you could have miro even be there you could have had anybody be there but it needed to be somebody fresh for Moxley. You didn't want to put somebody like Lance Archer or somebody of that nature, maybe even Andrade, even though I don't think they've wrestled before, but even Andrade, I guess he wanted to give it somebody who would have a good match with Moxley, but someone who could take the loss. That's the only thing I could think of, of the reason he booked the way he did. But even still, one thing WWE always did, and so did WCW do, and usually wrestling companies do. It's not just WWE is that the biggest stars in the match are the last ones in the match. Right. That was not the case in this. Keith Lee was eliminated early. Kingston, as we mentioned, eliminated early. I think even Darby was, Darby Allen wasn't one of the top final three or four. He might've been final four. Um, It just was mind boggling. And then to see Kyle O'Reilly win, that was very interesting as well. Cause he also made it to the semifinals in the Owen Hart cup tournament as well, which I thought was a little weird too. Um, even though it's not the end of the world, but again, Kyle O'Reilly continuously put in these big spots. So good for him. I just don't know if yeah. he has the name power or the clout or tells a good enough story to, to get again, get your excess fans that they are desperately looking to get to make sure discovery keeps on, keeps them after the new year. Yeah. You know, I got to ask you what exactly is going on with Brian Danielson? Is he injured? He's had another injury. Yeah. He was a, a slight, he was uh, injured in the street fight. So he needed to be off for two weeks. He actually could not fly whatever his injury was. Fly. Yeah. And they don't really go into detail about their injuries recently. If you notice about AEW, which is interesting. Yeah, And you know what? I was wondering if they could have just pulled, pushed him off for a week. Why couldn't they make, put him in the Moxley role here where whoever wins the battle Royale, then would go against Brian Danielson. You could add Moxley against Danielson. Um, you could have had whoever else against Danielson, whatever, you know. This is the thing with AEW. I think they have their television so far in the future written that there might have been ideas that they wanted to do that if they did maybe put Danielson there or they put Kingston there, it might fly in the face of one of their long-term plans. And so he might be trying to dance around a lot of long-term story plans and they don't want to t- break the cipher. I still think you could have picked somebody better than Kyle O'Reilly to have that match with John Moxley. I really do. No matter what the plans could be, like you said, you could have had Eddie Kingston lose. But to your point, Eddie Kingston's such a sympathetic character, the crowd would be going crazy for him. Moxley, they want to be the big baby face right now because he's basically going to be filling the void for CM Punk over the next couple of months. And then I'm yeah, hoping just- it leads to a seat to a to a BCC t- uh, heel turn beating the fuck out of CM Punk. That's what I'm hoping. And then you well, get that's what I was going to say. Well, here, here's what I was thinking, too. It's like, uh, save as Brian Yen- Danielson by like mo- m- many people's accounts, like he's the best pound for pound wrestler in, on the planet right now. And if he were the interim champion and holding that belt with the BCC backing him, which would be pretty cool. And then when Punk returns, now all of a sudden it's like, hey, who's the real champ? And now you have Brian Danielson versus Punk, champion versus champion. BCC versus uh, CMFTR. Like you have the two stables facing each other right there. And I, I, I'm like, if, if it only was like one week's more in terms of injury, like if say if Danielson wasn't going to miss forbidden door, I think it's a really lost like opportunity that they could have done there. Beautiful, like feud awaiting CM Punk. And now instead, okay, we'll probably have Moxley CM Punk. Okay. You know, CM Punk did mention Moxley because he's wrestled Dean Ambrose, but not Moxley. Okay, all right, I get it. But it just seems like I I wish they maybe could have pivoted away and and given it to Danielson. You'd rather Danielson Punk instead of Moxley. The good thing about all this, though, Vladi, is that CM Punk and Danielson is happening. They both have talked about wanting to fight each other. That is going to happen. So like I said before, I think with AEW – before we start blowing up their shitty or booking, we have to, there might be some long-term plans in play. WWE, we know usually there are no long-term plans. They don't know what they're doing. So I think we've gotten to a point sometimes we got, I mean, at least I, I feel like I'm like all over their booking. And sometimes it makes sense a couple months later. I'm like, Oh, that's why they did that. 
Like, remember what one great example when Eddie Kingston interrupted Kenny Omega's celebration. Why the fuck? We, we you and I killed that. Absolutely killed why Eddie Kingston was interrupting when Kenny Omega after he beat John Moxley and they're and they're running out after this heist. Eddie Kingston just jumps on the microphone and starts talking gibberish. Okay. And you and I killed that. And lo and behold, a couple of weeks later, it was shown that Eddie Kingston wanted to be part of that because he was he still wanted to be close with his friend. And so there are those things that AEW does. The thing is, it still didn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense in doing that. But now it made a lot more sense than it did. Because what right. he said didn't make any sense. Like if he had a reasoning, if he had a reasoning or he said something impertinent to the situation, but he just came out and started yelling gibberish about the title. Right. So it was a little different, but AEW does do that. The execution might be great, but that's the one thing I'll say. Um, but I think this is a case of, again, Tony Khan just trying to protect all the big stars, people like Keith Lee, people like even Darby Allen, um, trying to protect those guys from taking a loss to Moxley. But I'm with you. Um, Danielson's time will come and I think we just got to be patient with it. And I think again, Moxley or Danielson, I mean, for everybody that says they'd rather see Danielson punk, you'll have another guy saying they'd rather see Moxley punk. So it's not like it's Baron Corbin or Brian Danielson, you know, you got a pretty good guy with John Moxley and he's certainly capable to carry the, carry the, the company for a couple months. Not that I'm excited about he and Tanahashi though, by any stretch of the imagination, because I am not. I don't like Tanahashi, though. That's my deal. But that's neither here nor there. We also go into Forbidden Door. We see Tanahashi is going to face Dean Ambrose for the AE for the interim, pardon me, the interim AEW World Championship. And the winner will, in all likelihood, face CM Punk for the AEW Championship at All In. And it's going to be Tanahashi Moxley. You would assume Moxley would win. But that's not the title match that I think a lot of people are going to be thinking about. We were talking Hangman Adam Page came out and cut a promo saying he wants Kazuchika Okada and Adam Cole. And, of course, why not have Adam Cole and and Hangman Adam Page feud again? Adam Cole comes out and says he wants Okada. Well, guess what, folks? Neither one of them are going to get Okada because for for the first time, because this is considered a new title, Jay White wins the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, beating Kazuchika Okada in... I wouldn't say dominant style, but certainly a favoring favorable style style victory over Kazuchika Okada. Okada, one of his weaker matches and Jay White and the Bullet Club sits atop the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling once again. And Jay White cutting some awesome promos, two different promos after his match, both times calling on Hangman Adam Page, but also touching on possibly throwing a little shade at Kenny, definitely throwing shade at Kenny Omega, throwing shade at Kazuchika Okada, and throwing even a little bit of shade at Adam Cole, saying that if he didn't get Kenny and the Bucks to leave New Japan Wrestling and go form AEW, Adam Cole would be wasting away somewhere. So there's a couple things that... but he, and he also said in almost a condescending way, "Hey, hey, Adam Cole, I'm proud of you for winning the Owen Hart Cup, buddy. Proud of you, pal. And you kind of got the vibe. It might've been a little bit condescending. And then of course, Gallows and Anderson doing their thing, particularly at Anderson. Actually, they started doing the stone cold eh, eh, thing and the bullet club all drinking beer. So they're all boozers now, once again, hmm. in the bullet club, opposed to all the straight edge leaders that they had. <laughs> and a situation where Jay white cut two fantastic promos and he specifically went after Adam Page, hangman Adam Page, and called him, and I quote, a cowboy bitch. So it's pretty harsh. And he also mentioned that hangman Adam Page could not hang it in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's why he had to leave. And Jay White took basically said that the things that he did put in place AEW, if it wasn't for Jay White, AEW would not exist. And we wouldn't have gotten the unscripted violence. We wouldn't have gotten the return of Brian Danielson or the return of CM Punk. Nor would we have the undeniable and inevitable Ace Austin join the Bullet Club, the bring the good brothers back. 
And AEW itself would not exist if Jay White didn't scare Kenny Omega to leave New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's what Jay White's going on. And they threw some shade at AEW in general. So the forbidden door now in New Japan Pro Wrestling is widely alive. And they better hurry up because they only got two weeks left. But uh, congratulations to Jay White. And that changes the entire scope of the forbidden door. And I think it makes it a little bit more interesting for American television, but I just don't know if they have enough time to make Jay white, a formidable legend. Cause cause Okada is like a legend that a lot of people don't know, but they've heard about Okada. Jay white might not be on the same level to a lot of people. However, he has the potential to be an absolute, as he calls himself, the catalyst of professional wrestling. Your thoughts on where they're going now, looking like Hangman Adam Page and Jay White for the IWGP Championship at Forbidden Door. So is that the way you think this is going to all pan out then? I, what, I mean, that two weeks. <clears throat> and Jay White really went after Hangman harsh. Okay. What is your, what is your feeling? Um, you know, well, who's, who, then who would Okada wrestle? That's a great question. I don't know if he even is makes the makes the. You would assume he's making the event. There, we we did hear Zach Saber Jr. call out Brian Danielson, right? And that should be a fantastic match. I mean, you talk about the probably the two, if not two, of the top three mat wrestlers in the business. I would say the top two. And the difference is, is Danielson is a better striker and, and ZSJ is a better mat wrestler technician, but the striking is a big deal in professional wrestling. And so I think Danielson would probably win that match. So I don't know who Okada, who would you go with? You have a couple people. You got a a bunch of guys you could throw in there. You have hangman, obviously you have Adam Cole. It's another one. I mean, you could have a triple threat between those, those three. Um, I don't think they do triple threats. New Japan does not do them often. Okay. So neither does AEW for that matter, really. Yeah. They have more tag team triple threat matches. Yeah, then I I think you might just have an exhibition between Okada and Hangman. I I hope I I really hope Hangman and Jay White is a much better story. So who do you think who do you think faces Jay White then? You know what? You're probably right because um because with Hangman there, then they have also been like, uh, you know, basically casting stones towards the Young Bucks. So that right there writes itself. And then where does Adam Cole do? You know, and like he said that they sort of were condescending with him, but he's been nothing but a snake, really. And ultimately, are we going to see Kenny Omega? Does he come out and make an appearance at least? I think Kenny does a run in. I think Kenny does make it. There's no way you have this event without Kenny. There's just no way. All right. It would be insanity to even think otherwise. I think most people think Kenny's coming back for this event, I think. And I think I would be disappointed if we don't see, if we don't hear Battle Cry play. Right. The one winged angel cries. You hear the one winged, I'm sorry, the one winged angel screams. Here it is, the best bout machine. Oh, did you hear? Oh, okay, never mind. That, that, bit, singing, that bit's uh, garbage. Yeah, after you went and banged on the desk, that's where it went. Yeah. Ah, we'll have to edit. We'll have to do some editing there. So, well, that, well, so there's a lot of interesting ways. I think Cole and Okada make the most sense. But what I think you're starting to see here, all of a sudden, the Bullet Club has a lot more clout than it did a couple, just a couple weeks ago. Right. It definitely does. And that means that, as I had always said, this this is going to be a Bullet Club pay-per-view. They haven't built the Bullet Club at all since then. And all of a sudden, now you have the Bullet Club coming to fruition. What are we, what are what's going to happen? What are they planning? Is this just going to be a one-off event? Like, that's, that'd be kind of lame. I really hope there's some long-term booking here that makes some sense. I really do. Yeah, I think in certain I think in certain aspects this pay per view is going to be like exhibition matches, but then there's going to be probably one or two that are inter like intertwined stories that they'll go from Japan to AEW and 
and who knows where else, really. It's going to probably just be, like you mentioned, this Bullet Club versus Super Elite thing going on. It's going to be interesting to see because they have a lot of story to tell within two weeks. They really do. And you have these ancillary and you have all these secondary storylines going on too. You got to keep going. It just, I feel like the forbidden door build has not lived up to anything yet. I feel like new Japan did more for the build this past event than AEW has done at all. Even though it was great seeing Will Ospreay, Will Ospreay, definitely one of the top five in-ring performers in the world today, bar none, I would say bell to bell. I don't, I don't know enough about him or love his character enough, but I've seen enough of his matches to know how good he is. All right. Um, Of course, he loses his first match, where a guy on his his team loses anyway. But you definitely felt the star power within that match at FTR and Trent. Trent going over, too, was really weird. Yeah. But that's a whole other deal. So that's where we're at with AEW and the Forbidden Door. Any... uh, do you see a tag team? I don't even know the matches yet, so it's hard to predict anything or where they're going. Yeah. The only thing I could see, I could see FTR defending the Ring of Honor titles against the Aussie Open. I think those two tag teams could have a magical tag team match. Well, what about Cobb and um, the other dude that won the, the uh, tag team belts last night? Now, that's the thing. Do you have FTR go up against them? Because it felt like that they were kind of building more between Aussie Open and FTR and maybe Cobb and and Best Friends. Yeah, so there's it's we got to see what happens this week on on Dynamite. I think a lot of things are going to be a little bit more crystallized. They have to announce more matches by by this Wednesday. It'll be Cobb and the other guy versus Rapungi Vice. Yeah, because we are less than what? What are we? Less, we're less than three weeks away. Wait, two more dynamites? No, there's two more dynamites left. So, what is it? Is it June 29th or is it June? Yeah, it's June 29th, correct? I think so. That can't be right. June 29th. 14 days from now. Yeah, so it's June 26th. So it's, yeah, it's 14 days away from today. Or the 29th, whenever. Well, it's a Wednesday night, so that's probably not the case. Uh, it was probably a dynamite date I got mixed up. So they have two dynamites left. I just don't know exactly where they're going. They have a lot more story to tell, but Jay White is going to be at the top of that card. So right now, if I had to guess, you got Jay White Hangman. You got Dean Ambrose. I'm sorry. Call him Dean Ambrose. Jesus Christ. John Moxley Tanahashi, which does not blow my skirt up at all. Oh. Are the young bucks involved with this? Are the I mean, there's a lot of big names that I haven't seen involved in this particular card yet. Is Okada even going to be on the card? Is Naito right. going to be on the card? And there's some some just massive names that they have no direction on what they're doing. And are they going to have half your card just going to be matches thrown together at the last minute? That's what it's starting to feel like. And if that's the case, to echo one of your sentiments, I think it's a wasted opportunity. Uh, I think you're right, man. Honestly, like this is a big deal. Like you were like pretty excited when they announced this and, you know, you would think that these two companies be working together and had some sort of plan involved here. Now I get punk gets injured. That throws a wrench in certain things, but you know what? They called an audible with Moxley and it is what it is. You move on. Like the AEW champ was not going to be jobbing in this event. No, do I think Jay White's going to be jobbing you. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the they, thing, you know. Is there a title that changes hands? It would have to be a tag team title, I would assume. Um, you know what? It won't change hands, but they're going to do that, that Atlantic championship there probably, right? That's true. So there's the, the, there's the fresh title. If it's an AEW title, the New Japan guy's jobbing. <laughs> oh, definitely. It's not. Yeah, it's all speculation. Paige, Paige is leaving WWE, and she basically yeah. she's going back to wrestle. That was my last note that I had for us, Paige. Yeah. She said they something her- that was stupid. She said she'd go to AEW if the money was right. Fuck you, then, Paige. Like, why does she have to even include that in the sentiment? She could have been like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm open to hearing them out." It's bad. You know what it is? It's like she makes so much money off of Twitch. She doesn't feel like she needs to. 
God bless her. Yeah. So, oh, you know what? She she was disappointed that they didn't bring her back. What? She acted, she well, here's what it, here's what it is though. She offered to return and be like a manager for Ronda Rousey, and they said no. That would be dumb. It's one way to use her and have a mouthpiece for Rousey, at least. She's not that great on the mic. Who, Paige? Yeah, Paige, Paige reckons she's P- Paul Heyman. She, <laughs> she, she cuts a, a promo like the rest of the... She cuts a promo like the rest of the fucking roster. She says sweetheart like the rest of them, even though she's British. You know what, sweetheart? She, she, yeah, she doesn't look like him, but she acts and cuts promos exactly like yeah, the rest of them. I, I'm sorry. Other than the fact she was more pale than the rest of them and she went goth, what was so special about Paige? No, if, I, I, opposed to Natty or opposed to any other diva at the time. That's all I'm saying. Um, it sort of does like it was where she won the divas title, right? Wasn't she like the first like NXT chick to kind of come up and win a major woman's belt like that? Yes. Yeah. She came out and actually beat AJ Lee. Yes. For the title. Uh, after AJ Lee had her really historic run that they just in spite let Nikki Bella have instead. Yeah. The t- the Divas title record. Oh, Nikki Bella. Jesus, she sucked. She got better in her in her older career. She actually became a half decent wrestler when she wasn't hurting people. Yeah, but you know what? I, I think Paige could have been okay in that role. I, I, I won't kill her. I think she uh, she would have been she would have added something to uh, Ronda and could have been uh, been a heel or a face, depending on what you needed to do with Ronda. I don't know if it should have been Ronda. I think Ronda is a big, too big of a star now to put a mouthpiece on her. At least something well, unless it's does, Paul Heyman. But she does terrible promos. Well, you can get someone better than Paige to do it. You would need Paul Heyman, but I wouldn't know like, who else would you use then. There are a lot of great promo people out there that you can get all across the world. You could find somebody better than Paige or Soraya, as she now is. She, Sure, I'm sure she wanted to. I'm sure she wanted to run as a manager with the top babyface on, woman on SmackDown. I'm sure she wanted to. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did she? I mean, I just don't. I think she overvalues herself. We saw. Her, I mean, is she really that great on the mic? Where you? Where the W was like, we got to bring her back. She's not MJF. <laughs> uh, you, you know not what many, I mean? Not, not many people are though. She's not even Adam uh, Cole. Oh. She's not a pro. She's not an Adam Cole promo. No way. She's not a Becky promo. I don't even know. If she's a Charlotte promo. Did one of her promos ever move you? Ever? Do you remember one promo? Well, damn, she's good. Um, no. You know what? The way I looked at her, I mean, we, you know, we were even talking about this after the pipe bomb. I mean, how many? Uh, how many of them are that all that influential? It's like a minute amount, but with with Paige, I feel like I, she communicated much like you said, like these every other scripted performer that they have. I think with I think the accent to me is a plus. It adds a little something. Again, like I, I would probably put Sonia Deville with Rhonda, but if they put Paige with her, just because Rhonda's that bad, is all I'm saying. I would have been okay with it. Sonya Deville been, is ten times better because yeah. I would go with Sonya. Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville cuts much much better promo. The perfect example. Right. Sonya Deville, a person under contract who doesn't like to wrestle full time, is already under contract. Why would you keep her when you can have Sonya Deville do a better job? Right. Sonya Deville promos are great. I think Sonya Deville has cut some great promos the last couple of years. God bless yeah. her. And a big respect to the LGBTQIA plus community celebrating a Pride Month for them. We want to give a shout out to all of those celebrating. Like Sonia Deville and uh, the acclaimed guy. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so we're moving right along. <laughs> After this show, already made up. We haven't even gotten to WWE yet, 
and the show is off the rails. Fantastic. Yeah, usually we wait till we cross that path and then we're, I don't, I, but I, but yeah, going back into it, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what Paige was thinking. I, I, I don't, I think she, yeah. Here's, here's the only other thing, and I think you haven't put it in the equation. That movie about her made them a lot of money. They're done with her now, though. Yeah, they used her and abused her, and that's that. But basically... And, you know. and did you notice they stopped following her life after she made it to WWE? Because there's a couple other videos out there. Uh, I don't know I don't if they want to reenact. <laughs> Big shout out to uh, at Austin Creed. I don't even remember the white dude's name who's in that video with her. Um, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so that's what we got with Paige. Done talking about her, I believe, at this moment. I think the show went off the rails enough. But WWE said they don't want to resign her. And that's a good segue over to WWE as we find out this week after Cody and his amazing effort in Hell in a Cell. And the blow-off that's going to attend, apparently with Seth Rollins the night after, we're apparently going to put him on the shelf for nine months after his pectoral muscle was reattached to his body. Well, his inner body, I guess you'd say, was reattached to the bone. And Cody Rhodes, who's really been the only good thing in WWE programming the last month, really since Randy Orton got hurt, in air quotes, has been Cody Rhodes. And now Cody Rhodes is hurt, and he's going to be out there saying nine months. So nine months in WWE means he'll be back in six to seven. Probably right around the Royal Rumble. And then they're going to say, oh, he was supposed to be out nine months, and he came back in six. Who would have thought it? Injury six to nine months, usually in a regular athlete. So, but when he comes back in seven, he'll be a Superman. I'm not discrediting Cody, obviously, but... You know, they say nine months, so people are like, wait a minute, he's going to miss WrestleMania, and then he makes a big surprise. It's a rumble. They're lulling you. Get your defenses down. Don't like fall for the it. Marks, marks. Like the, yeah, those marks. So. You fucking yeah. marks. You know he'll be back and win the Royal Rumble. So now the question is, what does WWE do before Randy Orton returns? Well, the first thing they do is they put Matt Riddle against Roman Reigns for next Friday night to kind of see to I, what we all are assuming is going to set up a Randy Orton-Roman Reigns battle at SummerSlam. Hell in a Cell will happen without Roman Reigns. But the other thing they're doing, because they have a nice break glass if in case of emergency, in case of babyface emergency, well, there was a big picture of Edge in that case. And they're like, well, we need a big baby face. Who's the best one to do? And the most promising best angle that WWE has been doing outside of Cody, the only thing that's really been remotely entertaining other than Cody has been Judgment Day and the formation of this faction. And after Cody gets hurt, they say the one guy who brings credibility, clout, and presence to the faction, well... The two mid-carters are just going to turn on him for another mid-carter. And Edge is now a babyface. That was a hell of a heel run, Edge. Wow. Speculation is the two reasons why. They wanted Judgment Day to go an Undertaker-type route, Supernatural-type route, and Edge did not want. He wanted to kind of go with the self-assertion and anti-establishment. WWE said, no, you got to be spooky, spooky, spooky. Maybe you didn't see the, the blue lights. It's got to be spooky. It's got to be scary, scary guy. And Edge didn't, I guess, wasn't vibing with it, they say. And Rhea Ripley, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest kick the Hall of Famer, the main eventer, the guy who's main event in WrestleMania, I believe, thrice, if not four times. Yeah. He is kicked out for Finn Balor, who had, couldn't buy a win on television the last six months. Wow. And, and it, it all ties. And, it, you know, when I read about this, too, I just I chuckled. I'm like, oh, my God. Judgment Day was so cool in itself without the paranormal shit. 
And, and it's as if they haven't learned their lesson from the fiend and whatever the hell went on with Alexa bliss. They just can't help themselves. And they're going to go make this about the paranormal again. And it's going to be trash. They're going to tie in the demon to it, of course. And here you go, Finn Balor. It's the, you're now the leader of the judgment day. You got your heater there with, um, Rhea Ripley. With Damian, yeah, with Damian, Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest. I mean, Rhea Ripley makes that group really strong, though, man. It's like, it's good because she's believable. Like, she can create some havoc with the dudes, even, you know? And what's cool about her is she, it makes her look a little smaller. I think Vince probably likes the fact she looks a little feminine. Makes her look a more fe- I got to I honestly believe that's part of the thing with Vince. Um, she's a very feminine woman, by the way. Everyone kind of, because she's because of her size, she's a very, you know, yeah, so then the question would be, why would they make her up like that? I don't know. She She's in good shape. Yeah, but like the makeup itself, like they try to harshen her looks versus making her more feminine. Yeah. Uh, I'm almost imagining her like as far as like the uh, like the, the China heater role, like with DX in ways, like the way they were going with this at first. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. It's not that she's that big, but she, you know, she stood in front of, Balor in that uh, match with uh, with Judgment Day and um, you know certain things like she just towed the line, made an impact. So I don't know, but like the Balor thing, he's gonna have to cut some promos here, man. Like he's gonna have to step up his game a bit. He, they they lost Edge, and I don't know. Like I noticed Damian Priest is talking a lot. I'm not sure if this is like they're almost doing this like. 50 50 or 33 percent you know 33 and a third for you know all three of them or what's going on here who's like the, in the position of power here damian priest cuts a serviceable promo but it's not magic and it's not going to carry a faction yeah right at least not yet um I, I think he has potential but i don't think he's there yet i don't think he'll ever be that guy but he might be i could see him being that guy finn balor when was the last great promo you heard him cut yeah I mean, the, the big thing about Edge is that he was cutting these banging promos every single week. And a lot of truth in his promos. That's what made Judgment Day so great. And it tied into the two people that was next to him, Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest. Now, all that seems like it's for nothing. Like, he was literally the mouthpiece of Judgment Day. He was everything. He was the star power and the mouthpiece. And they were together for a couple of weeks, and they're done. This was panic booking at its worst. There must there's something else going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I really do it's believe it, that. It's Edge Edge refused to work the paranormal thing, I guarantee. And and then Cody got hurt, and they're like, all right, you're gonna be the face. All right, there you go. It might have been something like that. I mean, there are reports that there was a, some heat, there was a heated discussion with Edge about this situation. Maybe it was a battle that they were arguing that when Cody did, it just kind of fit into place, like, okay, we'll turn your baby face. But it makes no sense with the storyline, and it's again showing the big war. You know, when we start feeling all fuzzy and good about WWE, and then they show these nasty, disgusting shit warts that and, and a shit sandwich that we've been eating for almost two decades. Well, about it, a little over a decade and a half. These shit sandwiches that they've been feeding us with the lack of booking, the lack of foresight. This was bad. This was one of the worst booking decisions I've seen. It's not as bad as, as the Fiend Goldberg or the Fiend Seth Rollins. Right. But it was bad. And I think it squashed an egg of what could have been a potentially brilliant faction. And to your point, Finn Balor, the pressure is on you, buddy. They're going to give you the stick. They're going to give you the opportunity. You are giving a freight train that was going 95, 900 miles an hour. And you've got to maintain that momentum. And if he doesn't, this is going to be an absolute fucking disaster, not just for the WWE. It's going to be a disaster, mostly for Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, because where do they go from here? So very, very big. And then Finn Balor. These three have this opportunity now, but the deck is stacked against them because at the end of the day, none of them are edge. None of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy shit. And the other stuff in WWE. We talked about Cody before. Yeah. What are they going to do? So they got Edge, but is Edge going to be a believable babyface? So, okay. And now you have Randy Orton 
is really the only guy who can carry your company right now. Because Edge isn't there yet. Are you even going to cheer for Edge? No one gave a fuck he got beat up. People were probably cheering for Edge. Edge was a son of a bitch. <laughs> like, why were they the bad guys? Edge was a prick. Edge deserved it. And they taught, they turned on him for no reason. There was no logic behind it. Let's beat up the old, let's beat up. I mean, they could have used him from a storyline standpoint. They could have used Edge's star power for, they're going to cut a promo how they didn't want to be told what to do. And that Edge was holding them back and Edge didn't believe in a greater power. And that was where maybe they go with the paranormal. And then you have the demon. I don't know, but it's not going to be as cool as it was. I, that's my prediction. And I think it could go south bad and be disastrous for all three members of Judgment Day, of the new Judgment Day, if they're even going to be called Judgment Day anymore. 2.0. I guess I guess Finn Balor is he's like, I mean, he, he named the Bullet Club, and they've been going on for 10 years. I guess he doesn't care about stealing someone else's idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> the they fucking Bullet Club has been still going on. They're more popular than I am. Finn Balor is Prince David easily the least successful leader of the Bullet Club, even though he was <laughs> the inception of it. But I digress. Where, if you're WWE, you have Matt Reynolds taking on Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns now contractually going to miss uh, not not be nearly at, at as many events, and he's not even going to be at two pay per views in a row. Who headlines this pay per view right now? Money and Helena and Money in the Bank. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm assuming okay. they're going to put Riddle. They said Roman's not going to be there, but I, I I don't see anything main eventing other than Riddle and Roman, even though they're fighting this week. But <sighs> WWE, yeah, you know WWE they'll, they'll, care about running things back, you know. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely do that again. It'll be Riddle, Riddle and Roman again. The actual Money in the Bank match, both of them. That's the main events right there. Um, Usos versus, I don't know. <laughs> I guess the street um, profits are kind of fucking with them lately. Which is a good match. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this, uh, but I saw like a picture um, where I guess Montez Ford did a splash and his height was almost at the height of the briefcase for the money in the money. In the I, bank I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think when you talk about just pure elevation, he might go, he might be higher than RVD ever did. RVD's looks a little bit more violent. Yeah. But Montez Ford is a special player, and and I so is and so is Dawkins. But Montez Ford is a special special talent. He is a five tool player, and once he turns heel, you're really going to see what this guy can do. I am yeah. a monster Montez. I'm a monster Street Poppins fan. They're 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 almost as good as Private Party. You think? I'll take AEW wrestlers who's not going to get their contracts renewed for 200 Alex. I mean, <clears throat> private party did beat the bucks. <laughs> yeah. And Marco stunt was on TV every week too, back then. So I don't know. Things are different now. That's all I'm saying. Things are different in AEW. Now. Um, but we, we go on who, who is, what, what do you do here? If you're bloody dot. <clears throat> You're booking WWE the next seven months before. That's what you got to look for. You're going to have Drew McIntyre. This is the thing. This is where you worry about Randy ever getting an opportunity, beating Roman. I don't think Randy's the one that does it because I think they're going to stretch it out for Drew McIntyre in that pay-per-view in New in, in the yeah. United Kingdom. What's it called? Collision at the Castle or something? Clash at the Castle. Stupid. Anyway, Clash at the Castle. The Clash at the Castle. It's alliteration, Bruce, you stupid son of a bitch. Use alliteration every chance you get. Asshole. So Clash at the Capitol. So you're going to need Roman and Drew for that. Yeah. So they got some time to, to, to burn, but this is the thing. Roman is boring the fuck out of some people. A lot of people, to be honest with you. Um and they know you're trying to drag him all the way out to WrestleMania. It's going to be tough because you see the road ahead of him. And yeah. I think people are really going to be disappointed that Randy Orton doesn't get that win in SummerSlam. I think people are going to be over Roman by that point in time. 
you know, I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do, man. I, I really don't. I, I would heavily consider having Randy Orton win. You know, how many would that be for if he beat? 15. Roman? I mean, that's that writes itself right there, man. He's wrestling another decade. He's going to he's going to beat Cena and Nature Boy Ric Flair, which is insane. Yeah. He's one of those guys that got that net monster push when he really didn't deserve it. But now that he does deserve it, he's gonna even he's gonna get enough to push him over the top. Yeah. His first like nine were like well, really twelve, really. Maybe thirteen. <laughs> I don't know. Did he have a good run? I don't know. He had that one reign, which I liked, where he wound up losing to Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30. That was a pretty good title run. Not really, though. Yeah, but I mean, you know, for him to win the 15th year at SummerSlam, that would be huge. But you might be right. I, I mean, I think all signs point to Drew McIntyre beating Roman. And I don't know. Or if they have. Yeah. Or they have Randy win at SummerSlam and then they have a rematch on SmackDown the next week and then Roman gets it back. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, it, I, if I had to guess, they might do that just so people can have that payoff at SummerSlam. You still have that SummerSlam moment. I mean, do you really right. remember any of his title reigns anyway? No. They were all like five weeks anyway, weren't they? <laughs> He, he had like three title range more than three months. We got to do some, we got to do research on that. We're going to have a statistic for you pop it up. And there it is. <sighs> so, I mean, he, he's had a couple of not so great runs. One of the band-aids that they're going to have for Cody being out though, that's going to be Cena himself. Yes. John Cena coming back. He's going to face rumors that he's going to have a run at Austin theory. Literally, knife ice pick to my balls on that one. Jeez, <laughs> I I don't get I don't like theory. I know he's going to be the man, and I know he's going to be a big star. I get it. I just don't like him yet. I think he's goofy. I don't think he's great in the ring. I don't really like him that much. Wow. Sorry, I, I get it. He's going to be great. I get it. He's going to be his, he's going to be John Cena. Or he's going to be a main eventer. I get it. Right now, I think he's not that good. I don't really watch his shit. I fast forward it. Wow. You like you think Austin Theory is really good right now? Uh, I think he's the future of that company, man. I didn't say he wasn't. What did I say? I said he's not good now. I think he's more talented than you give him credit for. So you're saying Austin Theory right now? Or I'm just sorry, just Theory. His name is now. We dropped the Austin. Right. Which I can't wait for them to do Theory versus Riddle, by the way. Matt versus Austin? No, Theory versus Riddle. Like it's, it's like such like how do you sell that matchup? It's like it's like something out of Batman. Ridiculous. And those two guys will probably main event WrestleMania 43, by the way. <laughs> it's very well could happen. It's June 12th, 2022. I am calling Matt Riddle and Austin Theory. Riddle versus Theory, WrestleMania 42. Did I say or did I say 43? You said 43, but you can. We'll do 43. I'm going to stick with 43. I think Cody's got a couple WrestleManias in him. <laughs> a couple WrestleMania yeah. main events in him. But, yeah, with, with this thing, with, with, uh, with Theory, I think... Uh, you know, he hits his moves. I like that little drop kick thing that he sort of does. It's a little bit different. I just saw you roll your eyes. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I think he's. But Ruby Soho's finisher sucks. I think Ruby Ruby Soho's garbage. Honestly, there's no, there's nothing redeeming. Yeah, I, I went the wrong way with that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take I'll take Austin Theory in his future more than Ruby Solo and anything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. this is the thing. Future is not what I'm talking about. I I get I'll take it. It's gonna I'll, be a I'll main event. I'll take it even now. He does a better promo than there. He's better in the ring, etc. Et okay, I'm not gonna. Ruby Solo is not. I'm not. I'm not gonna defend yeah. that. I'm not gonna argue that. Forget right. I said Ruby Soho. Let's just forget I said right. it. So I mean, yeah. I just I you know I think there's something there, especially in WWE's world. His teeth are fucked up looking. They'll fix him. They better. He looks like yeah. Mr. Ed. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, what's his name? Uh, uh, the tribal chief even got the caps on. But he looks dynamite. He looks debonair. Yeah, he is the head of the table. And uh, but I think you're going to start seeing some works in WWE. They got a, they got. I'm interested to see if they can parlay this into some good programming because I'm not optimistic because their programming has not been great the last couple of weeks without other than Cody and Judgment Day. I mean, Alexa Bliss is back, and she hasn't been great. Ronda Rousey's still not great. A little bit better than she was. Um, you know, women- you know I was thinking, another thing I was thinking about Judgment Day, you know, we've been hearing rumors about uh, the Fiend or Bray, Bray Wyatt returning. If they're going this paranormal route, that is so going to involve him. I mean, that's the way you could save it. If Bray Wyatt comes now and he comes back and he's the leader of, the, of this group. Oh, no, I see him as being like the face that goes and, and challenges them as they start gaining some power. He is going to be cheered when he comes back. Yeah. I think it'd be a cooler route if he actually takes over because he's the only guy that I would say like, okay, we're going to follow him instead of, I'm sorry, Finn the Balor. demon Finn Balor is not a guy you're dropping edge for. Right. Bray Wyatt, you can see that. So that's my concern here. I think that would be the only way you could go about it and make it say this. Because I don't think Bal- I don't think the three by themselves can make this faction work. And I don't think you can add mid carters to make this faction work. You need a star. You need a big time star to, uh, to like Edge to establish yeah. this. I you know, I, w- I wish they didn't go the paranormal route, and I wish that they had kept Edge and added Champa instead. Champa. Just randomly attacks people. Love it. Yeah, like he would have been like a good, like, like almost like a butch for Edge there. <laughs> man, oh man. So, as we see, uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre not going to be in Money in the Bank. So, again, we're saving Sheamus or we're saving Money in the Bank. Or I'm sorry, we're saving the title for Drew McIntyre at that pay per view. That'll be something that'll keep you a couple of weeks, but I don't think McIntyre is the one that beats Roman, but he might in, in England. They, at right now, gun to your head, Vladdy Dottie, who beats Roman Reigns for this title first? McIntyre. You're picking McIntyre. The three options are Randy, McIntyre, and Cody, and you're saying McIntyre. I think I think they're really, they want something special and international to happen with that that thing in the United Kingdom. I don't think McIntyre beats Roman. He's going to be the one that pins Roman, pin, gets Roman to submit or pins Roman for the first time in over two years. I'd prefer it to be Randy, but I, I, I got it. It's going to be pushing three more. years. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I'd prefer it to be Randy, but for some reason I could see them not doing it that way. It's because I would do it that way. I don't know. Just, <laughs> it makes, makes too much sense. It would make too yeah. many fans happy. It makes me double think myself because what would Vince do? And I don't know. Randy, it writes itself. Even if he lost the following week, it would be a great feel good moment, man. I think Randy wins it for a cup of coffee this year. And that'll be the moment. Yeah. Even though yeah, I, can- I would rather, I would honestly, they're not going to be able to do it because they don't have the star power to get Roman to there. Also, we might have the rock involved too next year. That's the, that's, see the rock and Roman are a very big variable on how they're booking Cody and how they're booking this title. That is a monster variable. One of the things we mentioned pre-production was that at WrestleMania, everybody expects Roman versus the rock, but we discussed it might not include the world title. So if that were to be said and say, if Cody were to win Royal rumble, who would you Silicon Steve Valley have his champion awaiting Cody? I would have it be Frank. This is a thing. This is what I would do. I would have Cody be the one that slays the beast. I would be having one Cody beat Roman. The problem is you have a long way to WrestleMania to get there a yeah. very long way. And I don't think that they have enough talent or enough ability to book it, to keep Roman interesting all the way until WrestleMania with the title without the, involving the rock. Cause, but you could, but you can't, they have a, that's a long way and a lot of programming and SmackDown ratings have been slipping quite a bit lately because Roman hasn't been on there consistently. Now, Fox has not said anything bad about it. Um, and we'll see. I mean, they have a, you know, they signed a five-year deal. So they have another, you know, two years. 
so I don't think they're going to be going anywhere. Apparently, they're very happy with the, with the overall ratings for SmackDown. But I just don't think they have the ability to be interesting. So I think they're going to pull the trigger on Randy at SummerSlam because just the magic. Now, again, that's like you. I think that's what they would they should do. Maybe they won't. But I'm gonna. If you put a gun to my head, I'm saying Randy Orton beats Roman at SummerSlam. If I if it were me booking it, I would do your best to keep Roman interesting until WrestleMania. Maybe you still have Roman have it. Maybe he drops it to Randy and then he beats Randy again, similar to how McIntyre lost and beat Randy in the summer of 2000. And I think 20, I believe during the during the pandemic, Randy had a title run. Maybe you have a, a similar title run to that, and then you put Roman and Cody there anyway. I don't know. But we know Cody's okay, winning that see, title probably so, at WrestleMania. But, but getting back to the question, the question was, if Roman and Rock are not wrestling for the title, who would you have Cody go and defeat? Randy. Randy Orton. Wow. I would have Randy and Cody be your two guys. Face versus face, or you, you would already turn Randy at that point? I would do face versus face at this point, but we got to see. But, but again, so much can happen in the wrestling business. I would do, I usually don't like faces versus face, but in this yeah. instance, I might. And it might be a cool little passing of the torch between Randy and Cody. And, and Cody, instead there. of turning heel, that could be him, similar to Hogan and Warrior in WrestleMania six, kind of passing the torch and showing you why he also loses with class as well. And that could be the first time Randy actually loses with class and you see right. an evolution of his character. And you know what, considering that they have a, a legacy together and two wrestling families. I mean, also, that, that Cody be, was there yeah. and they showed expect and hugged each other when Cody came back on his 20 year. Yes. Right. So they're planting some seeds. So I think that would be it. And I actually said this, in a moment in the Valley a couple months ago, you could do that now, but this was, it was, it was before Randy's popularity grew to this phenomenon that it did. And I had Randy turning on Cody at the Royal rumble, but now with Cody's injury, I think maybe you turn it into face, baby face versus baby face. My only issue is I'm wondering what kind of match that's going to be because both of those guys have a tendency to go to their opponent's level. They can have an all-time classic match, or they can have a real stinker. That's the only thing I worry about those two guys wrestling. Because Randy right. has some bad matches with some guys, and Cody has some bad matches with some guys. So that would be my only thing. But you would think they would have a great match. you think they, they know what they're doing with this point in time. They have almost 40 years combined between the two of them. You would think they would be fine. But that's how I would book it. But I think that's how right. WWE won't. Uh, but I don't know. They, they're going to need to... They're going to need to do something because they're not. Look, actually, they don't need to do anything with the WWE. They're going to keep on rolling. They're going to keep on making their money. And they're going to keep on doing everything. And so they don't need to do anything. But as a fan, I'd like them to be interesting and good because they were actually doing a decent job of that on Raw for about three months. And all of a sudden, Raw sucks all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, after Cody, what was happening on Raw? Becky's, I like kind of like what they're doing with the women's division there, but I don't love it. I don't love Becky's Bowie. I don't know what's going on there. So at the end of the day, Becky WWE Stardust. has got to step up their game and come up with some really creative vibes to get them past, get them to Cody and WrestleMania, to get them to Cody and The Rock. And the only vehicles you have are, the, are right now are Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle. And that's not long enough to get you to WrestleMania. Hey, I'm trying to think, can they bring anybody? Goldberg. There you go. You bring Goldberg back. Goldberg already jobbed out to Roman. No, they need another face. Cody's not around. There you go. I don't I don't think I think they, they turn the page on Goldberg. I think Goldberg's done. <laughs> I know you're saying that that's what they would do, but I don't think they're doing that. And I, and let's hope they don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. One, one can dream. <laughs> that's the problem. Roman, they, they've thrown everybody to Roman to beat Romans beat John Cena. He's beaten Roman. He's beaten Goldberg. He's even beaten Braun Strowman. You can't bring him back either. 
I mean, really, he's trying to control his narrative, but whatever. Yeah, he's controlling the fact that that company's not going anywhere. <laughs> but anyway, so that's where we're at with W a lot in WWE. Some things very, very concerning. What do you think of Riddle's performances since he's been on his own? I feel like it's been a little bit redundant and I don't know. His promos have been pretty entertaining. I like how he calls Roman a, a tribal piece of trash. Is that yeah, racist? I always get the pop. No. Uh, I think it is. He, he wasn't specific enough. <laughs> if he if he was what do you mean specific, tribal piece of trash. Yeah, he's not he's not saying which tribe. <laughs> he's saying the bloodline. But I hope Riddle does well. So what is your opinion what, about Riddle, what he's been doing? Uh, he's been a little stale, I feel like. A little, just a little yeah, bit. He's, yeah, he's okay. I, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, uh, I haven't been blown away by anything he does. He's, of course, it's like sort of uh, bittersweet because Randy's not around and he's doing a little comedy with The Miz and Maurice. You know, it's typical shit for, for Riddle at this point. I mean, he's over. Um, they are going to that well maybe once too often. So, I, I mean, he's probably just like, shit, what, what am I going to do here? They're just like, read this, you know, at this point. So. Well, we'll see. He does have a world championship match. Roman Reigns is going to make an appearance. The new version of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. The Usos are not a great top heel either, by the way, folks. Man, they, they, they don't have a great heel either right now. Who's your top heel? Roman's not around that much. Who's your top heel? The Usos? You really think the Usos are that entertaining as a heels? They're the bloodline. <laughs> but they're not, they're not entertaining. Yeah, Us, I'm going to beat you in the face, Us. Yeah, Us, let's beat him in the face, Us. <laughs> Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns makes that train move. Not those right. two. I haven't. I've not seen the last two SmackDowns. Has Heyman come out with the uh, Usos or no? Yeah, I think he's on commentary. Okay, that's he cool. was on commentary once. He did not come out with them the other time. All right, so he's sort of doing uh, half measures here. He's not. He's not. Certainly not being an advocate nor a special counsel to them. I will say that. <laughs> it's just. It's but, they. They got to pull their shit together, and we'll see what happens with WWE. Right now, a little bit of it, it, both companies are a little bit underperforming to what we think they could be doing right now. But both of them also were dealt some heavy blows. Kenny's missing a lot more time than we thought. CM Punk is now injured. Cody Rhodes is injured. Brian Danielson is injured. Randy Orton, I, I don't think it's a shoot injury, but they say he's injured. Maybe he is banged up a little bit. A lot of, lot of big time injuries in both companies right now. And New Japan, no, but we might still might not get an Okada. We better get an Okada match for Christ's sake. But it'll be a fun event. But I, I think it's going to be more like an all-out going back to uh, going back to the Forbidden Door. I think it's going to be more of like an all-out or an all-in, opposed you know a one-time big-time event, rabid fans and all that. But I was hoping for a little bit more. But uh, that's where we're at with professional wrestling this week. Vadi Dottie, what else do you have going on? You wanted to bring up some possible things in a about AEW or and WWE. Any other things on your plate that you wanted to bring up this week? Um, you know what? Actually, we, I think we pretty much covered it all, man, at this point. Woo! That's how good we are, folks. Didn't even write this shit down. <laughs> so an absolute brilliant hundred shows we're having. We've had a lot of great times. We predict a lot of things that have come true. Some things that haven't. I would like to remind everybody, despite being down two matches in this term, I am still the high spots and cheap pops pick'em champion. I will be the longest reigning high spots and cheap pops pick'em champion. And I've got four pay-per-views, kind of one, two, three, four pay-per-views to catch two matches. I have a lot of confidence that Forbidden Door will be mine. We covering? Are we choosing on Forbidden Door? We are one. It is a paper, an AEW pay per view. We are one hundred percent choosing Forbidden Door. All pay per views, baby. All pay per views. 
Sounds good. Not NXT pay-per-views. Up. They don't even have pay-per-views anymore, do they? It's so funny, man. When when I go and organize my DVR, I go right to the NXT or page, and I just start deleting everything. I'm like, I'm never going to watch this shit. So we have seen so much over the last year and a half. We've seen the NXT and the, Tuesday, the Wednesday Night Wars won by AEW. We've seen Cody Rhodes leave AEW and come back. We've seen Brian Danielson and CM Punk go to AEW. Adam Cole go to AEW. We have seen Roman Reigns ascend to one of the biggest names in the history of the business. We have seen RK Bro become a phenomenon. We have seen so many great things. We've also seen Goldberg actually have a decent match over the last year and a half. So there's that. Only one of them, but it was still decent. We also, we also saw WWE fire the Fiend and Keith Lee and Malachi Black and FT. Wow. Actually, FTR was important. But they got Cody Rhodes, so it was a pretty fair trade. Right now it is. <laughs> right now even, it is. Even with the injury. 100%. So that's where we're at with the world of professional wrestling. We want to thank all of you on this journey of our 100th video. Bloody Dottie, thank you so much for being part of this journey. I love you, brother. And you we'll, we'll see you guys later this week. Check out Moment in the Valley on Thursday morning where we talk about AEW Dynamite. And me and Vladi Dottie will be back with our regular podcast next weekend for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to High Spots and Cheap Pops with me, Silicon Steve Alley, and Vladi Dottie, our head runner and my partner in this great world of professional wrestling. We will check you guys later. This is High Spots and Cheap Pops. Please hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Follow us on Spotify. We love you guys. Thank you so much for watching High Spots and Cheap Pops. Here endeth the lesson.